Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's old, yeah, Jack and Goff. And next uh, we, we recorded about an hour's worth of show today, which I believe has been posted at our website and that you can find various places. And it was a fine show. Jess Myers of Rink Live um, joined us and we talked about college hockey and we talked about the wild and the protein contract, a lot of good stuff. And I went home thinking to myself, okay, that's it for hockey, at least for the wild, right? For today. Yeah, that, that, good show. That's it. Great right. show. We're done. Um, and then this evening news breaks and the wild confirming. And then we were both just on a Bill Guerin uh, Zoom call, I guess. Uh, that the Minnesota Wild has traded Eric Stahl, that's right, a center, a team that needs centers has traded a center to the Buffalo Sabres. So goodbye, Eric Stahl, going from his palatially dynasty state to Buffalo. Don't know exactly where he's going to live there. Uh, for Marcus Johansson, who uh, has been with, spent quite a bit of time with Washington Capitals, and then I believe bounced from New Jersey to Boston, signed as a free agent a year ago, July, with the Buffalo Sabres, had a very disappointing one-year stint in Buffalo. He has played wing. The Sabres actually, last year, tried to move him back to center. He did not not succeed. Uh, but we'll start there. Bill Guerin saying on his Zoom call that he definitely sees Dex, Mar- Marcus Johansson, a guy at the Dean Everson, the Wild coach, knows from their time together in Washington. He sees Johansson as a center on the Wild your thoughts on trading away a guy who I think when we got done doing Judd's hockey show this afternoon, we thought would be the, the Wilds, probably one or more likely um, and more appropriately, the two center trading him away for Joe Hansen, who probably is a better wing, but they're mm-hmm. going to have play center just to sort this entire thing out from your perspective. Yeah, it's definitely a little interesting, Judd. Um, I, I think we all looked at Eric Stahl and, and we thought, okay, um, still has a second wind here. He was able to come back from New York and bounce back and be a pretty appropriate player, but he's old. He's 35. He's entering the last year of his contract. You know, it could be a little, could be a little bit rough here and, and he might, there might be a big decline, but you still know what you're getting out of him. And if you were just looking at the centers, the wild have, even after Nick Bukestead, if though de facto, he is your best center, your best, at least your best offensive center. And trading him for Johansson. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a little puzzling because Johansson, I mean, he was good, four years ago in Washington, you know, like he, he was a good player, but he's been bouncing around between the devils and the Sabres, even in Boston. And he was more used in a role situation in Boston uh, and during their playoff run a couple of years ago and was effective, but it's definitely a little head scratching. And I thought maybe before we got on the call with Garen, that this is just another move within a move as in he's requiring, he's acquiring jo- Johansson for the sake of then dealing him again 
um, for either more salary cap relief for uh, for another player. But Johansson makes more money than Eric Stahl. And he's, let's be honest, at least right this second is a less effective player than Eric Stahl unless something is is different. I was teasing, um, I was texting you in the during the Garen conversation. I think what the Wild are trying to do here, Judd, is almost exactly similar to how the Minnesota Twins are approach, approaching their starting pitching rotation. They're throwing a bunch of guys into this rotation that we all know no, none of them are number ones. Now, as Kenta Maeda emerged, and I know this is a hockey podcast, we're not going to go deep in the weeds on baseball, but, they, but no one thought Kenta Maeda would emerge and be this good. They're throwing a bunch of players at the wall and saying, all right, it's going to be patchworked. It's better and it's deeper than last year, but there isn't going to be a number one talent. I look at the wild. And I'm, th- I'm seeing similar situations here with Nick Bugstad, with now Joe Hansen. Um, you have Nico Sturm. You have, you have guys that are not number one centers anymore or, or ever will be, but you're going to see if anyone can emerge and, and be effective in that role. So I, I think that's the move here. And I don't, again, I don't think this is it. I don't think that this is the last center that the Wild will acquire. Um, essentially, I think you just swap stall for Johansson and, and maybe he's right. Buffalo's a gong show and, and, and he was buried under Eichel. Maybe there is a little bit more offense into his game and he can be a guy that was 25 goal scorer, I believe with Washington three years ago, but I'm also not holding my breath that he's going to magically flip the switch. And if you were asking me too, who is more likely to emerge out of the two recent centers, they acquired Bukestead or Johansson. It's Bukestead. Um, honestly, by a country mile too. And as, if, and especially if Bukestead is healthy. So, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, it's it, it's just it's it's confusing to me. But I do appreciate Garen's openness with how he does talk about this team because this isn't just um, this isn't just him being a Paul Fenton and being um, be, strangling this roster and trying to figure out guys that he really really wants. He knows he has to change it, and you do that by letting your veterans go. I love the comment that he said. We need our young guys to step up. Eric's a great leader. Who wants it? I love that that mantra is in that locker room now. Yeah, and he is is going to make changes here. I, I think for the sake of changes, which which you, you can debate if that's good or bad. But Bill Guerin definitely spent a year watching this collection, and I think he came to the exact same conclusion that you have, I have, that a lot of people have, and that is that is they had too many players in that room, even after moving Nino and Coyle and Granlund, that probably weren't winning players. And, and I think Parisi's gone for sure now, and he'll he'll leave gladly. Um, he'll waive his no move clause. I think that they will deal him probably for whatever they can possibly get. Bill Guerin's going to make changes for the sake of changes. Now, Johansson's an interesting pickup in this sense. He's got a year left on his contract, as does Stahl, but the age difference there is Stahl is 35, Johansson is 29. Uh, Johansson and Bukestad, though, are both guys who, to go back to your analogy, both guys are seen as guys that can be uh, starting pitchers or in this case centers, but both guys also could be relievers and could be moved to the wing. And both of them might be more suited to be wings. And we don't know that. Um, What interests me about this is it's pretty clear that Garrett has been given a longer leash than I thought that he would for, for potentially tinkering here Um, because this trade does not necessarily in any way, shape or form immediately improve this team. Um, It makes them younger it gives them a guy who, who who could come back from, and I've got the stats right here. So in in uh, 60 games after signing as a free agent with the Sabres, Declan Goff, uh, for the 2019-20, in his age 29 season, uh, Johansson had nine goals, 21 assists for a uh, a measly, I guess, 30 points, and was a minus 12. Uh, his best year, to go back to what 
you talked about, which was during his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven year run as a Washington Capital, actually came in his last year with the Capitals, which was 2016-17, played in all 82 games, 24 goals, 34 assists, 58 points, uh, a plus 25. So clearly the Wild is banking on, and what Dean and Bill think is that he can recapture that magic. Now, I believe in Washington, that came as a winger. Um, but this does not, if, if you go, so if if you're Bill Guerin and Buffalo calls you about this trade or you're going back and forth, um, there's no way that you can go to Craig Leopold and say, this immediately improves us. You don't know that. Um, Stahl is aging. I don't mind trading him, but you also can't say that this trade today definitely improved your team. So I'm interested in the strategy here. And Garen's not going to come out and say this, but my feeling is that what we are seeing is he's made very concrete decisions in his mind about who he likes, who he wants here, and more importantly, who he does not want here. And, and because of the amount of no move and no trade clauses that have been given out by this team through the years, there are some guys that he would probably does not like and would like to move that he simply can't move. But I think if you are not stapled down at the X right now, you should probably be very careful if your name is not, for instance, Kevin Fiala, because I think that your your days in, in the wild jersey uh, could be done here. Now, I think the young players, for the most part, Greenway and Cunning, maybe not, but I think the young players, for the most part, are safe. But if you're a veteran and you either don't have the no-move protection or, I guess, in Parisi's case, if you are willing to move that to go to a team where you think that you have an immediate chance to win in 2021. I think Bill Karen will be happy to accommodate you, trade you. The look of this team is going to be different. The one thing I don't know, and I can't judge so far, Dex, is if the look of this team is going to be different and they're going to be better, or they're just going to be different for the sake of being different because the GM who's won some Stanley Cups basically said, this is not a winning formula for a team. And bravo again, kudos for him to recognize that. And I, that's, that's like a hard pill to swallow here in, in Minnesota because, you know, the wild have been mostly relevant over the last 10 years since Zach Parise and Ryan Suter arrived. And I like the fact that he's looked at it and said, all right, this core and the roster that's here, there's, there's some good guys. I know there was some speculation too, kind of going off Eric, Eric Stahl, um, if this was part of the culture. And I don't think, and, and I, I think this everyone knows this too. Eric Stahl wasn't a bad influence on that locker room. And as much as you and I love our reckless speculation, I, I don't think that Eric Stahl was a problem in that locker room. Okay. It was more of a challenge from Bill Guerin to say, this is one of our most important leaders. But guess what? He's 35. He's a UFA and I can get something for him. So who else wants to step up? Does Luke Cunning want to step up and do a more of a leadership role? Is Marcus Foligno, who has already been emerging, and, and is he ready to be in that leadership role? So it was more, I think, of a challenge to the locker room that said, hey, you know, don't get comfortable here. I, he is clearly not, not afraid to make things uncomfortable. He fires Bruce Boudreaux at an awkward time. He gives an interim coach uh, the, the keys to the car. He just traded Eric Stahl. He extends Jonas Brodeen. He has a guy like Matt Dumba who's open that he is on the trading block. I mean, he didn't tip his hand to Elliot Friedman, who was one of the most plugged-in NHL insiders in the, in, in the world, who was on that Zoom call too. But he definitely acknowledges that everyone wants Matt Dumba. And we we're, right now we have him. We're thankful to have him. But clearly, he is not afraid to shake it up and, and shake it up in a good way. Paul Fenton tried. And to his credit, he hit a damn grand slam in, in Kevin Fiala. But he also was so self-centered and didn't want to listen to other people where I think Bill Guerin is open to a, to a much more broader strokes of, of folks that says, yes, 
it's going to take more than just me to change the culture. I have to convince Craig. I have to convince Dean. I have to convince the scouts. It's a total 180. And, and I still think this team is still built to be relevant next year. Maybe not on top of the West, but still should be flirting with the playoff spot and still should be pretty good. Um, but he, this is still going to be a little bit of a slow burn and there's going to be some uncomfortableness uh, to, to the moves he's going to make. So I, I still contend that, or I stand by what we talked about on uh, the show today that we taped earlier. I still think Dumba is absolutely gone. Yeah, I, I think the price tag is going to be huge. I, I mean, I do believe that that you could very well see Dumba a draft pick and Cunning or Greenway packaged, and that Garen is going to get his top center because he needs one. He knows that he's a smart enough guy that you also don't just trade stall on spec. Like, you don't be like, well, I've got a number two. Ah, you know what? I don't now. Um, so I definitely think that uh, Dumba is gone. And and again, my question gets back to, and, and this is clearly a work in progress here, to be fair. My question is, are we going to get to training camp whenever that does arrive or opening night? And are we going to say that this wild franchise and that this team that we're watching in our minds is an improved product or at least on the right track. And right now we don't know, but I think a bunch of guys are going to be gone. I think the goaltending is going to change completely. Garrett's going to make so many changes that I'm not going to be surprised if Stalock and Dubnik are both gone. I, I think that, I think your point about Boudreaux and about people around that franchise who for far too long, and Fenton did start to change this, but there was a level of comfort there because it seemed like if you were one of uh, Chuck Fletcher's guys and Chuck Fletcher is not a bad GM so don't get me wrong here I'm not bashing Chuck Fletcher but it did seem that if you were one of Chuck's guys you, you were probably going to stay for the long term especially as things progressed and I think Bill Garrett's looked at that and said you're gone you're so I think the fact that Staylock is a St. Paul guy for Bill Garrett he does not care yeah. um, and, and I really think that there are going to be changes let's play a little game called what do you think he meant though and I'm going to throw this one out at you because there was one thing and you know exactly what it was there was one thing that that he said on that zoom call that I texted you immediately I said did I hear that right and you said yeah you did um he called I don't know if I took the notes down exactly but he basically said Victor Rask is a productive center um are we are we trying to get like like uh, um, two ham sandwiches instead of one here. What's does he really believe that Rask? I mean, Victor Rask. No offense to him, can't really skate. Um, what is your theory? Because that was probably like I think for the most part, Bill Bill is either not going to lie or shoot straight. So like when it comes to Dumba, he's not going to be like, yeah, you know, I made eighteen phone calls today and I'm trading that guy. Um, but you know, he sort of tells you, but. On stall, I thought he was very upfront. What do you think that Victor Rask comment? Where where the hell did that come from? Again, I I think it plays into the, the metaphor I made uh, at, at the beginning of the show, where they're trying everyone. They have reclamation projects. They have guys that aren't number ones, but they think that they can find something in there that no one else did. The thing with Victor Rask is, I think we all know who the hell he is. I, he's not going to get better. Um, he, he can't oh. skate for the life of him. We, they tried giving him a top six role and that didn't work. Actually, I thought the only role that was effective for him was that fourth line role where he was able to at least be competent, but it wasn't like, well, we, we need more from you though. If you're going to be paying $4 million a year and you need more than a fourth line player. Um, I have no idea what the hell he was trying to say. I think he was just, he was just pointing out that Look at the depth we have organizationally, whether these guys are ready or good or not. 
I think that's what he was trying to say about Victor Rask. He's Vance Worley. Yeah. He's, he's uh, like, I mean, just, just take your, just take your crappy twins picture from five years back. And that's Victor Rask. I mean, it's nobody's fault. He just, get, it was a bad trade. He can't play. Yeah. Uh, but that, that stopped me in my tracks. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Bill, you don't believe that. I don't believe that my dog Stella ran in from the couch and said did I just hear that about Victor Rask I said yeah you did Stella Eater still uh, in her mouth and everything yeah exactly yeah yeah uh the claw in play too oh god I, I love that dog so what what do you think is next a Dumba trade which I actually don't think is next I, I think that's going to take a while to mm-hmm. shake out because I do believe that that those negotiations are going to be difficult unless there's something already set up which I'm doubting um I'm going to give you this. I think a Parisi trade is next. I really yeah. do. Yeah, because I was going to ask too. Even what what's more likely to happen? Uh, another big trade, or will the first goalie domino fall? Um, mm-hmm. I know Thomas Grice is still um, obviously playing for the Islanders. He could be someone that we've circled that I would like to see. Cam Talbot, someone who I would like to see. Obviously, the um, the Vegas Golden Knights are now done. Robin Leonard's going to get a big payday. I highly doubt it'll be in Minnesota. But is Mark Andre Fleury going to be an option? You know, I, I think Judd next. If we're looking at all right, Brodeen's uh, been extended. Bugstead's been acquired. Stahl's been traded. I think goaltending's probably next. Um, I agree with you that I think the Dumbo one. We are in. We're past the preliminary stages, but I don't think we've reached third base yet. I don't think we're round in third and we're close to close to a deal here. Um, I think I think that the the market is being has been tested. They know the waters because that's why they extended Jonas Brodin too. That's yeah. exactly why they extended Jonas Brodin. They didn't just extend him because they like him. They extended him because they knew they could only get this much if I was to trade Jonas Brodin. As we touched on the pot earlier, a lot of teams like Jonas Brodin, rightfully so. But if Garrett said, I'm trading him, then I need this back. And I'm sure a bunch of teams said, I can't do that then. So I don't deny that teams are calling for Jonas Brodin. Um, but I, I think the writing on the wall, that contract extension, tells me that Matt Dumba is going to be the guy that's going to get moved. And with these other trades that have happened, I think goaltending is going to be uh, your next domino that falls. I like it. So a Garen quote um, from the Zoom call, Declan, that I found to be intriguing and I think really speaks to his state of mind right now as far as as what he's thinking in doing this and trading Stahl um, and possibly trading a guy like Dumba was this quote. If I don't make moves, nothing will happen. We'll stay Mm -hmm. the same. That's not the idea. That goes very much back to me to I'm going and and. This can be debated too, but I think what the thought process is from Bill Guerin, from this team as a whole right now, is we have no interest in bringing back a semblance of the roster that you saw. And and I do believe that that series against the the Canucks, and and I know it came after a long layoff and and was only four games, but I do believe that that spoke volumes about um, potential and, and how far that potential can go for this team. because. Declan, go back to game one. Game one of that series was impressive. Like the Wild yeah. played a damn good game and, and they got good goaltending. And there were a lot of things about th- th- that game, which in retrospect against the Canucks team that turned out to be pretty good in, in the qualifying round and then advancing to the playoffs. Uh, that Canucks team did a, a lot of nice things, has a lot of young talent and upper echelon players. And I really think probably in watching that, that series solidified in those four games what Garen has thought, and I don't disagree, which is the formula still didn't work. And I don't I don't know if the subtraction of, let's say, Stahl and, let's say, Parisi and Dumba, who I don't really fault a lot, but I don't know if the subtraction of those guys and Dubnik gets you to exactly where you want to go 
which means I don't know how good this team is potentially in uh, 2021. But I do think that the assessment and Garrett, you know, aside from the uh, Zucker trade, took a long time to sort to sort of watch things unfold. Um, I think the assessment was we just don't have the parts that are going to get us to the ultimate goal yet. And and so I think that little bit of summer hockey probably did a lot in sort of solidifying the belief of what's that that next step. A uh, question. What do the uh, advanced uh, stats say about Joe Hansen too? Because I'm curious what is behind the scenes numbers wise or behind those stats that uh, might speak to things that he could bring that Eric Stahl does not bring or did not bring. And that's, that's what's a little puzzling just because the guy rarely ever shoots. He averages 1.4 shots per game. Um, He does not shoot the puck at will by any means, which is again, a little alarming. Uh, just because Eric Stahl is someone who is a healthy shooter and shoots the puck a ton. Um, his Corsi, it, it's been up and down. I mean, he's been someone who on that Buffalo team, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get outshot no matter who, because Buffalo can't, can't defend for any God's forsaken reason. But when he was in Washington, he was a very effective player and was a plus, um, plus possession player when he was out there. Uh, I would say I would have to probably watch his game more to understand it. Where, where does, where does the Corsi match with the eye test with him? Um, but in general, he's been about an average player, Corsi wise. There's been seasons where he's outshot opponents when he's on the ice, and there's been seasons where um, he's been heavily outshot too. And and yes, he did play uh, with Buffalo, who's a dumpster fire. He spent time with the New Jersey Devils two seasons ago. That's when they were beginning to be an absolute dumpster fire. He played well in a in a significant, nice role with Boston during that playoff run two years ago. Um, but I think there obviously the belief is, can he come back and be that 25, 30 goal score? He was that last year at the Capitals. Um, I think that probably remains to be seen, but you know what? Also put a, put someone like Kevin Fiala on his wing or Kaprizov right. on his wing might up his game a little bit, might change things up. So yes, I, part of me does agree with Garrett that he's in Buffalo. He was buried there. It's just not a good team to be with that naturally there should be an uptick. I just don't know if he's going to naturally step in and be essentially a 50, 60 point guy, just like Eric Stahl has been his entire tenure with the wild. Mm-hmm. If, if he gets the 50 points this next season, I think Bill Guerin should get probably GM of the year award because I don't think anyone should have saw that coming. Yeah. And I, I do think though, that, that what we're seeing uh, in the past week or so from Garen Declan too, is this Bukestead low risk trade, what conditional seventh round pick mm-hmm. going into the, the last year of his contract and Pittsburgh, I think is going to pay half of that contract. Yep. This, this guy swap him for stall. He costs you more, but it's a one year deal as well. And I think what they're doing too is basically saying, we'll take flyers on guys that we don't know. Cause if stall comes back and stall plays here, you know what he's going to do. Well, yep. like he, he's declining. He's not as good. He's a steady player, but like, you're not going to get this pop up. Oh my God, he can play till he's 40 type of year. I don't think from Eric Stahl. And, and so I think what Garen wants to do here is take flyers on guys to see what they can do and can't do. And you know what, if they get hurt or they're not good, they're gone. But again, that, that is why my question is, I can't tell, I can't tell exactly what the long-term plan is here. Because they're not acquiring guys, aside from the Brodeen extension, they're not acquiring guys yet for the long term. They're basically doing look-sees at guys who might play center and might not. Um, your thoughts on your guy? We bid him adieu, Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> Bill Guerin came as close as you could possibly say to, to saying, <laughs> no, it. he's not coming back. 
he's not coming back. He he was asked um, if there had been a decision, I believe, made on Galchenyuk, and Garen said, "I talked to his agent. It's highly unlikely." Uh, and and as I w- was pointed out to me on Twitter too, I believe that the Wild announced that uh, Bukestad is going to take twenty seven. Which is the number that Alex Galchenyuk <laughs> had? I think when your number is dispersed to a different player, you probably uh, know your time with that franchise is gone. But you, but you were the guy on Judd's hockey show who did think that there might be some there there when it came to Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, I, I'm glad they took a chance on him. And to be honest, he was the third most important piece in that Zucker trade. I think you ranked the first round pick. You put Kalen Addison, and then you put Alex Galchenyuk as the three most uh, important things that you got back in the Zucker trade. And there were some moments um, where he looked all right, especially I think he started to catch on towards the end of the regular season before COVID hit the pause. But he was a ghost in the postseason. Um, he's a, he's Let's be honest, if he does figure out his career, it won't be at center. It'll clearly be as wing because the guy is unreliable as it gets defensively down the middle. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's amazing how quickly this guy went from being a 30-goal scorer at 23 years old to being most likely out of the league before he's 30. Like he's going to be playing in Russia by the time he's 30 years old. He was drafted third, right? Yeah, he was a top five in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, he's a, a completely. He tipped his hand when Bruce got fired and Dean took the job, and, and he was he was the leader of. Oh man, I'm going to play great. Yeah. That is that is the biggest. That's a team thing, and it's a player thing. And if a player ever gets a total second win by a coaching change, to me. Huge red flag. And I guarantee you, Bill Guerin took notes on that 12-game uh, process in March before the COVID shutdown, Declan. I guarantee he did. Because the way the Wild, in fact, they had the same record in their first 12 games under Everson that they did when Torchetti got the job, when Yo got fired. That's, I mean, but, but in, so in Bill's defense in making these trades, it's got to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're telling me, so you are telling me that I got to fire Boudreaux, which they did, and bring in a new coach. And yes, Dean changed the style a, a bit, more up-tempo, more fun to watch. Totally get that. Good for Dean. But the way that that team engaged, just like they did when Yo got fired, I believe they had lost eight straight back then, and Torch took the job, and they went to the West Coast in Canada that Western Canada trip, and they played great. And this was the same crap. And that's the stuff that would drive me crazy. Because it, you're basically tipping your hand. And who played the best? Galchenyuk, you look like, oh, he looked like a top five pick. Yeah. It, it's got to drive you crazy. Um, What do you think is going on? And I don't think he's back. And it's obviously been reported that he almost certainly has been told he's not going to be brought back. What do you think the story is on Koivu? Because Bill Guerin pretty much, to go back to my point from before, Dex, shoots pretty straight like he's going to tell you what when it comes every time that bill so far is asked about koivu i don't want to say he gets impatient but you could tell he doesn't like the question and he and you are you are if you ask that question immediately not rudely but immediately shut down mm-hmm. do you think they do you think the koivu is going to make the announcement at, at his own press conference and that's part of the deal here to preserve the relationship or or he's going to i mean he he might try and sign elsewhere the point being though is is the galchenyuk thing is like yeah he's he's gone yeah he's gone with koivu with koivu it's like um no i've got nothing to say what's your guess yeah there's definitely a big impasse there um i think miko and bill garen definitely don't see eye to eye on where where they want to come back and i think miko might i think that miko's deciding 
if he wants to keep playing, which is fine. But like somebody, and it might not be Billy, somebody in the organization has made it very clear that this is all going to be done publicly on Miko's terms. Yeah. But it's just sort of uncomfortable because it's like, again, 15 years. Okay, great respect, great career. But if you decide that you're done with Koivu, I'm, I'm not saying be a jerk about it, but it's right. almost weird how the Wild is just overly defensive about a topic of, of a guy who, by the way, by the end of the 2019-20 campaign, was on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like you're forcing your one or two center into retirement. You're telling a guy who was clearly demoted and we've all seen his play decline. Hey, it's time. I think that's very fair. But there's something there's a weird dynamic here. Um, and, and I guess I'm not going to be completely surprised at this point if Koivu tries to sign with like the blues to hand it to the wild next season. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, I, I don't. If he decides to hang it up and he doesn't want to sign anywhere else, he'll, he'll get his press conference and he'll get his damn moment of whatever that that he wants but but uh there's definitely a impasse and a disagreement between bill Guerin and miko koivu and i don't think it's gonna tarnish his relationship here but it's it's bill Guerin saying again no we're we're moving on from you we are done we're done with this like you thank you for your service we loved everything you did for the wild you're one of the most important players if not the most most important player in franchise history but you got to close, close the yearbook, as uh, some people like to say. You got to close the yearbook, dude. It, it's over. It's done. Finito. Goodbye. So I, I think that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, and I here, here's the, the one thing to your point that I will say off, off of that. I do believe at some point here, pretty soon, it, the wild from their end needs to have the closure there. Yep. Like if Koivu's dilly-dallying around and he's like, well, I'm talking, and now I'm talking to the um, Florida Panthers, or I, I'd be like, Miko, that's fine, cool. but but we're you're done. I mean, it. It's weird because I think this is, I think the ball or the puck in, in this case, uh, to use that one, I think it's in Miko's side of the ice or his court. Um, so I think Miko's controlling this, but at some point in time, it's just, it's just going to seem odd. And I think it would look better publicly for the wild to, to say like, yeah, that's it. Because it's been, it's been fine. 15 years is incredible. It's, it's um, like he's shooting at an but it's empty, getting, yeah. It's like he's shooting at weird. an empty net and there's no net at the end of the rink. It's like, what do you, what's your point? What are you trying? You're trying to score on an empty net. There's no net there, Miko. What's that? What the hell's the point here? Well, and just decide, I, I mean, dude, if, if you're going to go try and hook on with the team for next season, that's awesome. But come mm-hmm. out and say that. I, yeah. I, I mean, you don't have to be done here. Uh, as far as your career goes, but you have to be right. done as far as playing. So weird. All right. Um, so t- tell people where they can find the first edition of Judd's Hockey Show, which was Judd Declan and Jess Myers of the Rink Live. That's right. Uh, you can find that on Apple, Spotify, or scorenorth.com. If you're on Apple, please give us a five-star review that helps people spread the word on the podcast. You can find this too, I believe, both on Judd's Hockey Show podcast feed and the uh, Mackie and Judd podcast feed as well, as we like to... Uh, Really get the word out about Judd's Hockey Show. It's one of the most fast-growing uh, podcasts in Minnesota. Uh, there's a lot, lot of friends of the show. Jess Myers, Michael Russo likes to listen. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people like to listen to the show. So I did not know that. That's very good to hear. Yeah, it's good to know. And, and um, so we did the podcast this afternoon, which was we record on Wednesday, and now we're doing mm-hmm. one on Wednesday evening. As I said, emergency podcast. Eric Stahl, see you later, going to the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. I'm sure he's really excited Poor I guy he's sitting at his Edina home right now being like, I got to move to Buffalo, New York, and his poor wife and family got to go to Buffalo. Um, and, and the Wild getting in return center slash winger Marcus Johansson. The Wild projects him as a center. We're all done. Declan? Pass shoot score. 
Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.